Lake Effect brings you conversations about what's happening in Milwaukee and the people, places, and organizations that shape our community. This is Lake Effect Spotlight from WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. This summer, the Maya Ophelia's food truck reopened full-time at the Bar Mothership in Bayview. The couple behind the vegan Filipino-Mexican kitchen is Jack and Chase Rolden. They started Maya Ophelia's in 2018, naming their business after Chase's mother and Jack's aunt. But they struggled during the pandemic and shut down for almost two years. Now they're back, serving up vegan versions of the food they loved as kids. On the weekends, they offer pan dulces and other pastries through the bakery side of their business called Moon Cherry Sweets. The couple joins WUWM's Lena Tran to talk about the food and memories that inspire them. I wanted to talk to Jack and Chase because the food that they're cooking, you can't really find anything like it anywhere else in the city. They offer empanadas, crunchy lumpia filled with oozing cheese, Filipino-style ramen served with a runny egg and bok choy. They have these meaty sandwiches with lots of stuff, lechon or steak topped with rich sauces and sour pickles. And it's all plant-based infused with nostalgia for the food that they loved as kids. Everything's over the top, and somehow, just right. We started out talking about where they are now. I never realized that, like, what we were doing would be something that would get national attention. We started a business because we were just kids that sought community through food. Creating community through food breaks down a lot of barriers, and it breaks down a lot of walls, and it creates a lot of cohesiveness amongst folks. Everyone can relate to something, whether if you're talking about meatloaf or whatever. To see our stuff take off has been like very surreal because I think some people are like, oh my god, you're like this multi-million dollar business. And it's like, no, we're just two small people with a small business, <laughs> you know? Yeah. How do you describe the food that you two make together? I think we would describe it as like third culture cuisine. We are both first-gen kids. So our parents are from different countries, but we grew up here. So a lot of the food that we make, it's all rooted in the childhood foods that we grew up eating, flavors and techniques and the places that we got those foods. I know a lot of the moon cherry stuff mostly is Jack, but it stems a lot from gas station sweets and stuff. That's always his sweet spots. A lot of the stuff that I do um, with my Ophelia's is all like stuff that my mom would make me that maybe I wouldn't like, so I'd make it my own, but now I'm older and I can do that on my own, yeah. yeah. What was food like in each of your households growing up that you've kind of incorporated into what you're doing now? My mom's big rule was always we would sit down at the dinner table and we would have dinner and there would be no TV and we would talk and it was like this community thing. We would eat all these different amazing things that my mom would cook, but it was like also just that we were always growing as like a family. That part of like the communityness is like what we bring into our food even. We're like, we're not sitting out here like at the table with everyone, but I like to think that through what we make, we are, you know, and we're having a conversation with you and we're growing and building. Like, yes, we love having a food business, but it's not just to like sell some food, turn a profit and go home. It's like to create and grow and foster relationships to, together. Were y'all partners before starting this together? Like how did my Ophelia's become a thing? Well, we met and our thing was both eating or like following a plant-based lifestyle. And at the time there was not a lot of 
stuff here like that, as far as like restaurants and stuff. There's nowhere to go on a hot date to. Yeah. Nowhere, yeah. So we would always just cook a bunch of stuff and eat it all, and it just kind of, I don't know, we kind of wanted to bring that to other people who like grew up in more foreign atmospheres and didn't really have the chance to eat a plant-based lifestyle that wasn't just burgers and sandwiches and stuff. I love all that stuff, but you know, it's like, I grew up eating some real weird stuff and I crave it. Like Say more. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. like intestines, skins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I always think of like, lengua was always my favorite taco, the tongue, you know, like it's still to this day, like yeah. I will say is probably one of the best cuttings for a taco, you no, know? I feel that. Like, my yeah. granddad used to like give me a plate full of chicken gizzards and I was yes. like, wow, I love that stuff. <laughs> but you yeah. know, if you get the gizzards, you're like, that's ro- like, that's like a royal status. Like you're the chosen one if you get the, you know, and it's been really fun and funny. I feel like to make these things, like I was just on the phone with my mom, you know, and talking to her about, it. I'm like, oh yeah, you're, I veganized everything you've made down to your meatloaf. And she's like, what? You know, like, why? (laughs) And I'm like, because I love it. Say more about your relationship to tradition or expectations. Like, what would the aunties think? My mom, I think, is equal parts flattered and appalled (laughs) by, by, like, why would you veganize this? But is also, like, has this memory, you know, and it's a core memory. It's like, even with our kids, like, we'll share these things. We even get the aunties at the truck where they're like, why are you doing this? What were you thinking? And then they try it and they're like, oh, you know, I think that's the anti I think it's, sign of approval. I think it's like comfort. Everyone likes to eat the stuff that they grew up eating and we do too. Fostering like that whole community sense through food as I feel like relates to that a lot, at least for me. I just want to eat stuff that I love, but that's also like good for me and good for the planet and sustainable and not super expensive and like accessible. So that's... I think that's a big thing in relation to like why we make the stuff that we do. Yeah. yeah. And you grew up in like kind of a mixed Filipino household and I grew up so my mom is Filipino, my stepdad who I was raised majorly by is actually Palestinian. My real dad is Puerto Rican and German. So I grew up eating a whole whirlwind of foods and my granddad also Loved the ladies when he was younger. I have family all around the world. Um, So yeah, I grew up eating everything. My mom is Irish, and then my dad being Mexican, it's like they were bonded by Catholicism, you know? Love that. Yeah. (laughs) We'll we'll bond folks together, yeah. Sometimes the the colonizing is what binds us. I think sometimes, too, it's like with folks, you know, it's like we're we're all this or we're all that, but we're both just very... I hate using, you know, we're all all American in that way, you know, like. So you said that back when you met and started cooking a lot together, like you couldn't find a lot of plant-based food out for like a nice night together. I'm curious what that's like. You're cooking plant-based food in the land of cheese and dairy. How has that been? And do you think that Milwaukee or Wisconsin has influenced your cooking? Oh, yeah. I, I was a meat and cheese kid. You know, I'm from here. So, yeah, I loved... I love meat, I love cheese, and that is why we do. I, I was just talking to Jack the other day about how I think it's kind of funny because most of the stuff that we do is very meat heavy. Other places can cook tofu, you know, and people are like, yes, tofu. But we, if we put too much tofu, you know, they're like, we need that myophilia's vegan meat. You know, like, I feel like we've made a name for ourselves because you, 
you grew up so meat heavy and Chase is all like I remember how this tastes I will figure out how to make this vegan because I know how this tastes still and I think that's part of what brings people that comfort and familiarness to our food even if they've never tried a tamale or like you know an empanada or something they're like ooh, but it tastes meaty and I remember that I think it was also super influenced because we're trying to get people to try different things, but in a more familiar setting. So I feel like that's the biggest reason why we do things the way we do. But I think that's how, at least for when I'm thinking of stuff, that's how I'm mostly influenced by like growing up here and how people eat here and how I grew up versus how my friends grew up eating, you know? The way that you talk about putting dishes together, it's like this puzzle or you're like, how do I recreate this thing and get it to match up with this childhood memory? And it seems like such an specifically engaging experience. Like, what is that like? And like, how long does it take you to be like, aha, this is it? We're such type A people where we're like, we need to figure this out. We need to figure this out now. So it's it's like a that day things get discovered because it's like once we have that like, aha, We're like, we need to dive into this right now and figure it out. I also think for us, too, it's really important that we're not just making the traditional things. Because the way we always see it is, like, we got taught to make those things. You know, like, we we can all make it at home, but, like, we want to make something for kids like us where you... It's not something you know how to make, necessarily, or that you can't make at home. So that's also why, like, I hate the term fusion, you know, but, like, we try to create, like, an elevated version of it or something that's slightly, like, a twist or different, and that's also really important to us. And I think the part that takes longer sometimes is figuring out, like, how are we going to reimagine this we grew up eating this and we want to make it like exciting so that way it's like I want to come here and eat this and I'm not like yeah I can make that at home so I feel like this summer it was tough for food truck owners and businesses across the country in terms of extreme heat we had wildfire smoke you're cooking plant-based food out of this sense of responsibility or obligation to the planet how do you think about climate intersecting with the work that you do? We think about it a lot. We were just talking the other day where it's like people don't know that if you eat plant-based for like one meal, you save over 40,000 gallons of water and like a couple animal, you know, and it's just like, it's wild. That's why too we've adapted all of our things and why sometimes the menu changes so much because we truly like try to source everything from local farmers and local makers and buy everything from local small business owners. What is happening with the climate, I think a lot of people are unfortunately don't pay attention to because they're like, oh, we can breathe, we're out here, it's great. It's a growing thing that I think, especially in food service, we all have to kind of wake up and check ourselves. Owning a food business inherently like creates a lot of waste. It just does. Mm-hmm. Even if you donate the food, there's just certain things that you're just literally throwing in the trash. It's it's a thing that I think about a lot, that where I'm always like trying to be like, okay, how can we reel it in? How and that's like why to our menu sometimes changes and we're because we're always kind of fine tuning what is our impact like and footprint on the planet. Reducing waste is a huge thing, but also erasing the stigma of vegan food. That's still very much a thing, especially I feel like in the Midwest, because a lot of people didn't grow up cooking for themselves. A lot of even a lot of people we know now like cook from the can or like buy and there's nothing wrong with that, but you know I think we do it too sometimes. I just think it's like self-sustainability, self you know? It's like we're introducing different 
ways to eat food that maybe people think they don't like and helping them realize like, oh, I can grow this in my garden and cook it in a different way and I actually really, really like it, mm-hmm. you know. What are y'all excited for at where y'all are at now or what's next? Honestly, we're just happy to be back. I don't think that people realize that what really got affected by the pandemic were businesses that were as small as we were because we were so small that we were like not making capital gains enough to even seem worthy enough for any grants or anything that was out there and so those of us that were this small most of us just vanished we went back to working our jobs we had before this i went back to bartending you went back to working in a kitchen we have this dream and this passion and i want to tell people that you can do anything you put your mind to just don't stop keep on pushing i would love to see us create even more communities through like developing like a nonprofit, or we've even talked about animal sanctuary we have wild goals the greater mark that we want to leave is community and building community like it's awesome that people love the food so much but sometimes i'm like forget about the food you know where we want to engage people again and have people grow and sit together and have a meal Jack and Chase Rolden are the chefs and owners of Maya Ophelia's. You can find their truck parked behind the bar Mothership in Bayview. They spoke with WUWM's Lena Tran. You can find more interviews like this one by visiting wuwm.com slash lake effect. And while you're there, subscribe to the Lake Effect Spotlight podcast.